Hey folks, welcome back. Today we're actually going to jump into the book of Ephesians since we've wrapped up the book of Mark. We're going to start working our way through Ephesians. A couple of things to keep in mind. Um, we're going to move through this and as we do, we're going to read passages of scripture and there's going to be a lot of different things that we could talk about in that. Um, but for the sake of time for just kind of keeping um, the videos down to about the 20-25 minute mark that I like to stay at um, and actually be able to work through the book of Ephesians um, sometime in less than a year. Um, I'm gonna, not going to talk about like everything at length. So if you um, if you see something in the, in the passages that we're reading or if you hear something that kind of catches your attention or something like that, take the time to pray about that. Pray that out with God and just study into that yourself. Um, these videos um, aren't meant to be one of those things that it is all that you need. It's something to just kind of help you, encourage you along the way, strengthen you, and encourage you to get into the Word for yourself and dig it out. So if you see something that I'm not talking about, doesn't mean that it's not important. Um, it could be extremely important. It's not. Ju it's just not what God's laid on my heart for that. Um, so before we jump into this, um, just a little, little, little bit of background on the book of Ephesians. Um, it's written to a group of believers um, in Ephesus. But one of the issues that they had is that they didn't realize just what they had in Christ. They didn't realize just what God had given them um, through their salvation and through Christ who died for them. And because of that, they were living almost like spiritual paupers, like spiritual beggars, um, just because they didn't realize what they had. So we'll see, um, as Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians, that he's really kind of trying to open up their eyes to see just what it is that God's done for them and how they can walk that out. So it's going to be really good for us as we dig into this. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 1. Um, we'll be looking at verses 1 through uh, verses one through 10. And God, I just so thank you for your word. I thank you that it is timeless. Lord, I thank you that we can see that there's going to be things we're going to struggle with. There's going to be things we're going to fail to see, and we're going to walk through that we're not the first ones to encounter this. Um, really, there's not all that much new Someone else has encountered what we have before, and God, you've given us your word to show us how to kind of walk through that. So, Lord, as we go through the book of Ephesians, and especially as we look at what we have today, I just ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see the depth of the riches that you have poured out to us, God, that just the depth of your love and your grace and your goodness that you have poured out upon us because you chose us. Lord, I just thank you. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears. Lord, let us understand, let us see, let us hear and embrace your truth that we may be changed. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one 
all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So there's a lot in there. Um, starting right off the bat, um, Paul just kind of like starts writing out, um, lets him know, hey, this is Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And folks, that's one thing that's really kind of important to grab right from the get go, that Paul did what he did not because that was his choice. He didn't call himself to be an apostle. He didn't call himself to start um, to start preaching. God's the one that called him to that. Um, and really, that's one of those things that anytime we're going to step out in any big um, ministry undertaking, or um, I mean, in this case, Paul was just traveling around planting churches everywhere, spreading the gospel all over the place. Um, he was sent to do that by God. It wasn't something that he chose. So um, that may sound kind of simple, but the reality is when God calls you to do something, um, one, he's the one that calls you to it, so it's your job to walk that out. But um, we enter into these things because that's what God's called us to. And because he's called us into it, we go in. But also, because he's called us into it, we can't just turn around and back out of it. He's the one that called us, so he would be the one that would have to release us from it. So when God gives you a purpose, when God gives you, not even a purpose because we've all got a purpose, but when God gives you a specific direction, it's yours to walk in. Um, not because you feel like it, not until you feel like you're done, but until God releases you from it. So keep that in mind. Um, so he's talking about the saints who are in Ephesus. He's, um, he, he's calling them saints. So don't be afraid of that word. We'll hear that um, several times through the book of Ephesians. It's not a word to back away from. It's the ones, it's those set apart ones. It's those believers that have set themselves apart for God. Um, that's who he's talking to. Um, so we're going to kind of move on. And um, in verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now catch this part who has blessed us. That's the believers. That's, that's those saints, the believers who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That word every is in there. And I don't even, I can't even sit here and tell you the list of all the spiritual blessings, but it says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So he's given us so much. So just let that sink in for a second, that every blessing in heavenly places has been given to us. Now, the reality is we don't always see that. We, um, we rarely ever walk in even a, even maybe even a half of those blessings, but there are things that are there. They're there for us. They've been given to us. We just have to realize that we have them so that we can walk in them. And notice that it's not in this earth, but it's in the heavenly places. Um, it's actually, I think it's probably later in Ephesians, we'll read that we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against forces of darkness in the heavenly realm. See, folks, everything we encounter on this earth is a reflection of the battle that's being waged in the heavenlies for us. Um, the powers of light and the powers of darkness are at battle constantly in the heavenlies. And what we see on earth is an outpouring of that. So we're not fighting back against people and ideologies here on this earth. We're not fighting back against ideas and thoughts and processes here. But every battle that we really truly need to fight is in the heavenlies because that's where things will shift. We can't change things just by doing things different on this earth. There has to be a shift at a deeper level. So we've been given everything we need to fight those battles. If you want to see something shift in your life, it's not, oh, I'm just going to try harder. Oh, I'm just going to try harder. We get a hold of God and we fight that in the spiritual we fight the addictions in the spiritual we fight the um we fight all those things that drag us down all those the depression all those different things we fight those things not here on this earth but we fight that in the spiritual that's where the difference is and god has given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places and these next words are important in christ we don't have them in and of ourselves it's not that we have it but 
we have those things because they are in Christ and we have him. Verse four, just as he chose us in him, capital H, so he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So even from the beginning, before the beginning of the world. So let, let this sink in for a second. When God created everything, he knew you were coming. Before he, before he spoke the world into existence, he knew you were coming. And he knew the things you were going to walk through. He knew the struggles you were going to have. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall in the garden. He knew sin was going to be an issue. But he chose us before he created the world that we should be holy, which is set apart, set apart under God, and without blame before him in love. That is what he called us to. That is That was his original plan. He called us to be before him, to be holy, completely set apart for him and without blame. So we can't be, he said us so we wouldn't be able to be blamed for anything. So that's that spotless, that's, that's that, that perfect, that's that sinless place before him without blame before him in love. And all this is boxed up in Christ. And in verse five, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Predestined means he determined ahead of time. He set apart ahead of time that we would be adopted in, we would be adopted as sons by Christ into him. So we were set apart that from the very beginning, the goal was that we would be adopted, that we would be brought into Christ, into that family as sons, as daughters of God in Christ. Now, this whole idea of predestined is one of those, it's, it's often a theological term that kind of raises debates and such like that. Um, the idea that if if God predestined, if God picked that God picked out some people ahead of time, um, I wouldn't even let your brain go too far down that road right now because that's really not even the thing. If you're sitting here listening to this, God's drawing your heart because Scripture is very clear that He does not want anyone to perish. So I'm not saying that the, this idea isn't important. What I'm saying is that's not even something for us to focus on at this particular point in time. We don't need to figure out well, was I chosen? Was I not chosen? Because I'm are there people that God has chosen for specific purposes? There have to be because we see it through Scripture. We see Judas. Um, that there was a purpose and a plan for Judas. Um, so we've got to we've got to hold that intention because we because he obviously had a purpose. We look at Pharaoh um, back when Moses was bringing the Egypts out, and Pharaoh was brought up for a specific purpose that God could demonstrate His power through there. So. Are there people that are brought up with a specific purpose? Are there people that God knows are never going to turn to him? Absolutely. But does that mean that God's sitting back saying, well, you're never going to get it. I picked, I picked you to destroy. I, I created you to destroy you. We can't even let our minds go there. We have to hold these things in tension because the reality is the Bible does say that God is patient and long suffering, not wanting anyone to perish. That um, it also says that whoever believes in him, will be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So it has to be open to whoever. So we can't let our minds go down this road of, well, maybe, maybe God just didn't pick me. That's why I'm having such a hard time. No, if you're having such a hard time, it's because you're in a battle and you just need to continue to pursue him and yield to him and let him do what he wants to do in you. So don't get caught up in that thought of, well, maybe this person wasn't even, isn't even supposed to get saved. We can't go there. If we let our minds sit there and try and figure those things out, then we get ourselves in the spot of try, of just confusion and it kind of gets us it gets us to like calm down and not pursue people because well maybe god just didn't choose them the reality is all are called he's calling everyone to know him 
the Bible is a whoever gospel that whoever would believe in him would be saved. So let's just go. Let's spread the gospel. We'll let God take care of the rest of it, but we're going to do our part and we're not going to write someone off or even write ourselves off because we think, well, maybe they weren't picked. So we're going to kind of just keep on moving through that. Um, but we were predestined to, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ. So we were actually brought into the family and adopted son is, is it's a true son. He's brought in. It may not be the flesh and blood of that family, but they're one that is brought in brought into the family, legally made part of that family with all the rights, all the privileges of being in that family. So we are brought into his family as sons. Um, and it, um, we're going to jump down into verses seven, um, verses seven and eight. And it says in him, capital H. So there we're talking about Christ. So in Christ, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. <clears throat> this is really the heart of the matter for these verses. Um, there's so much in here, but this whole idea of redemption through Jesus' blood. Redemption is it's when you redeem something, it's being it, there's a price that is paid to draw that thing back and to bring that thing back to ownership, to its original value. It's being brought back. When you redeem something, there's a price that is paid. And the reality is through Christ, through his blood, the price was paid for our redemption. So I want you to just kind of let, let that sink in, that there's a price tag that God affixed to each and every one of our lives. There's, there's a price that was put on our lives, but that price was so high. That price required the blood of a perfect, spotless, holy, blameless sacrifice that was Jesus Christ. And when God looked at us, he saw the price that was there. Jesus, when he came to earth, he saw the price tag that was on us, and he said, I'm willing to pay that. God could have done anything. He's got the, he's got all power. He's got the ability to do anything he wants, but yet there was a price affixed to us that he would not change. He could not change, but yet he chose to pay that price. He chose to send his son to come to the earth and to pay the price of blood for our redemption, to bring us back into his family, to bring us back into relationship. We're not just saved so that we can go to heaven. Jesus didn't, um, Jesus didn't pay the price that he paid just so we could have some happy, humdrum, um, comfortable life on this earth and go to church on Sundays. He called, he paid the price so that we could be brought back into relationship with God, that our lives could be transformed from this sinful, this sinful mess just consumed with the things of the world, that we could be brought back into God's family, that we could be given a higher purpose, that we could be holy, so set apart unto God. And it says we have redemption. So he bought us back at a price. The price was his blood. The forgiveness of sins, the sins that we've committed, all of them that we've committed or will commit have been paid for by the blood of Christ, by his choosing. No one made him do that. So to think that you're not worthy, um, Jesus says that you are. So it, it's it's one of those things we've got to realize that this is what God says. It's not our it's not our opinion that matters on this issue. It's not oh I'm not worthy or oh I've messed up oh I don't deserve this. Well, you know what? If we look at things by the light of the law, you're right. We don't deserve this, but that doesn't change the fact that God chose to pay the price. We don't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve to have Jesus come. If we want, if we get what we deserve. We deserve to be cut apart, to be cut off from God, separated from Him, from all eternity, and ultimate spend um, spend our time in torment because of the sin that is in our lives, because it separated us from God. That's what we truly deserve. But God chose, 
He didn't have to, but he chose because he cared for us, because he loved us. Um, according, it says, according to the riches of his grace. Um, but in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It was his choice to pay that price. It wasn't that he had to, but he chose us. He wanted to pay that price to forgive us of our sins, to wash those out of the way, to restore us to relationships. So while we didn't deserve it, it's his grace. It's his goodness. It's all the grace of God. The grace of God is everything that he has, all his power, all his authority, all his resources. That's his grace. So according to everything that God has, he's paid the price for our sins. He paid the blood. Um, and it says, according to the riches of his grace, which he has made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So wisdom is that is that understanding and um, well actually wisdom is that knowledge of is that knowledge from god of god and prudence it's the understanding it's the knowing how to walk that out but he has taken everything that he has and he's poured it out on us so folks all the knowledge all the understanding of god has been poured out and is available to us as we need it now this doesn't mean that god's just going to give us everything we want because that's just silly um if you looked at a parent, if you had a parent that gave their kids absolutely everything they wanted, you'd look at them and you'd, you'd call that parent a fool. If every time the kid asked for something, they got what they asked for, you would consider that kid spoiled and you'd realize that kid would grow up and wouldn't really have respect for much because they've always gotten everything they wanted just by asking. Um, so this isn't even, this isn't a matter of us getting everything that we want, but he's given us everything that he has so that we can walk out the life he's called to. It first requires us to get our hearts in line with his. So, um, cause in verse nine, it says, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So everything that we do, everything, all the resources that we have, yes, we've been given, um, all the resources of heaven, just to sum it up, we've been given, like all the resources of heaven have been given to us. Everything that God has has been given to us, but not so that we can do what we want, but so that we can know his will and we can walk it out. His will is for us to walk in relationship with him, to know him, to shine his light forth on this earth, to walk with him in relationship and to carry the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the world. And he's given us everything we need for that. So if God's called us to something, he's going to walk us through it. If we're struggling with something, we can know, we can believe and walk in faith that God has given us everything we need to walk through those battles, to walk through those struggles. He is the one who has redeemed us, has brought us back to that value um, to be holy. So we're set apart and blameless before him. So we have the ability to live a life that is totally dedicated to the Lord, where we're not just having to battle Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I messed up again. Oh, I messed up again. Oh, I messed up again. That's not the life we're called to. We're called to one where we walk in his power, his authority with everything that he's given that we can keep our lives dedicated to him. We can walk out the life that he's called us to. Um, but it's not a life that looks like the world, but it's what he chose to do. So really to just kind of recap, we've got, we've got our purpose. We've got, we see that God that loves us. We see that before the world was even created, he chose us. He designed us that we should be with him holy and blameless because of love. So back to verse four, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So you were chosen before creation to be holy and without blame before God in love. So here we already see love on the scene. 
And it's not just his love for us, but it's to be in that love, to be consumed by that love. So that the love that God has for us is one that consumes us and we can pour that out on others. He set us apart to be brought in as sons, as daughters, and he paid the price and has given us absolutely everything we need to walk out this life. So when you think you're not enough, you may not be, but he's giving you enough. When you think you don't deserve it, you're right, we don't, but he chose to give it, give it to us anyways because he loves us because that's what we were called for. That's what we were made for is to be set apart for him, to be with him in love and to walk out this life with him. Heavenly Father, I just so thank you for your, just your amazing love for us. That from before we were even created, you desired us to be with you, to be set apart for you, to walk with you, to be in your love, to be consumed by you, and to walk in your grace and power. And while there have been times in our life when that's just all been messed up, you paid the price to get that messed up out of the way so that we could know you. God, if we would just come to you, Lord, we believe what you've done. This is where we start to build our faith and hang our faith on these things. That if you've said you've given me everything I need, if you've said you've given me every blessing in the heavenlies, God, it has to be true because you cannot lie. So if I'm not seeing it, if I'm not walking in that, God, then I've just got to just get before you and trust that you're going to work it out, that you're going to do it. And even when I'm lacking strength, God, I know that you've still given me everything. So I will trust you to teach me and lead me to walk through whatever I encounter. But God, you have given me everything that I need to walk out this life in you. God, I'm lacking no power. I'm lacking no understanding. I'm lacking no wisdom. I'm lacking no ability to accomplish what you've called me to do. And that's to walk with you, to be with you, set apart from this world to you, to be consumed by your love so that your love can flow through me to this world, that others will see that they are chosen as well, that they've been given everything, that the price your son paid was for them as well. God, I just ask that you would fill us with an understanding, that you would fill us with your power, that you would consume us with your spirit, that, that what we have seen, heard, and read here isn't just words, God, but that you would let it become our reality so that as we walk through these days, as we walk through our days, we have conversations with people, we run into people around God, that we would just move in all of the blessings and the gifts of heaven and not just try and figure things out in ourselves, but we would go forward with your power, with your understanding, that those people that we encounter would know you, would see you in us and be drawn to you as well, God, because you don't desire that anyone would die apart from you. Father, I just so thank you for your grace that empowers me. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you chose me before the foundation of this world, God. Let the reality of your love for me sink in. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.